Hey there, podcast listeners, Jamie Anderson here. Now, some of you may not know this, but in addition to my hosting duties here at the podcast, I'm a health and wellness consultant with Everactive Schools. Well, to be more accurate, I'm actually a health and wellness consultant first, and then a host, your host. Some of you may also not know that the podcast, the show you're listening to right now, is brought to you by Everactive Schools. Everactive Schools is a national charity investing in healthy futures for every child through a comprehensive school health framework, which addresses health and education goals to improve the outcomes of children and youth in Alberta. We offer things like professional learning, grant-funded projects, and innovative ideas to shape a healthier future for Albertans, specifically the children and youth we're working with in, in schools and communities. As part of our efforts to support healthy school communities through a comprehensive school health framework, we organize an annual conference every year that brings together educators, health and wellness professionals, and researchers to explore aspects of comprehensive school health through a variety of interactive learning formats. Running since 2010, that conference is called Shaping the Future, and its story is what today's show is all about. On the show today, we will hear from a good number of people from within and outside Everactive Schools about the Shaping the Future conference. We will hear about what Shaping the Future means, what makes it special, and just how much of an impact it has had and continues to have on the people it was designed to serve. So if you are listening to this and you're an in-service or pre-service teacher, a professional in the sectors of health, wellness, education, and physical activity, if you are at all interested in healthy school communities, then you will definitely want to stick around for this show. This year's Shaping the Future takes place at the Pomeroy Kananaskis Mountain Lodge from April 21st to 23rd. It is not too late. You can find tickets and other relevant information at everactive.org slash STF. Before we start the show proper, as I always like to do, I'd like to situate this conversation in the land. As you will hear throughout the episode today, the landscape of the Rocky Mountains is an important part of our conference. It is so much more than just a backdrop to the conference, but it's a facilitator of learning. It nurtures our well-being. And, of course, it's not without a problematic history. Canada's history of preserving and conserving parts of the landscape through national parks and provincial parks is not separate from the colonial displacement of Indigenous peoples from their ancestral lands. This is particularly true in the Rocky Mountains, where the reserve pass system the limiting of hunting and other subsistence uses of the land around Morley were intended to keep the Iehe Nakoda from the land to preserve it for tourism. So while settlers like myself have mobility to travel and access the natural beauty of the mountains, it's important to reflect on how this mobility is a colonial legacy. We're invited to grapple with this ongoing history and our place in it so that we might live our relationship to the land, with the land, and with all of our relations in a different way. So as we look forward to gathering on Treaty 7 territory in Kananaskis, and as we grapple with the complex histories of the land that we're gathering on and with, we do so with immense gratitude. Gratitude for the gifts of beauty, of spirit, of relationship with the natural landscape, to all the human and non-human and more than human kin that are part of that living environment. We share gratitude for the elders, the knowledge keepers, the land, water, and language protectors of the Blackfoot Confederacy, Sutina, Iehe Nakoda, and the Métis Nation, who call this territory home and have, you know, across generations. Shaping the future means 
many things to people. When we first started thinking about telling its story, we were fascinated by the idea of how one thing, one event could be seen and perceived in so many different ways. I have been fortunate to be with Everactive Schools for more than three years now, and I've attended two in-person and one virtual Shaping the Future conferences. I've also been an educator for 10 years and more now, I think, and, and a graduate student for half that time. I've been attending conferences yearly, many conferences, and I have to say uh, that this conference remains the best conference learning experience and a highlight of conferences that I get to participate in each year. Of course, I have some bias. I've been a part of the conference for three years running, but it is truly a full body experience. It feeds the heart, the body, the mind, and it's a space where connection and community are sparked, are fostered, and revisited year after year. Because of how unique the last two years have been and how the characteristically exuberant event has managed through a global pandemic, we wanted to go back a little, talk to a few people, and get a true sense of why this linchpin event in the Everactive Schools calendar really matters. So here's the show. The class is now in session. My name is Brian Torrance. I am the executive director here at Everactive Schools, and I've had this position for 11 years. Thanks, Brian. So does that mean you've been to 11 Shaping the Futures or 10? You're, you're in the double digit club. I've been to 10 Shaping the Futures in person. Uh, I did miss the first uh, Shaping the Future. And then last year going virtual, I was able to attend, but we all weren't there in person, uh, sadly. My name is Caitlin Thiel, and I am the Assistant Director, Comprehensive School Health at Everactive Schools. I've actually been with Everactive Schools for just over 10 years, and I have been to about that many. <laughs> I think I lost count. I think I've been to every single conference except 2011. So the very first conference was in 2010. And I've been, and I was actually a practicum student with Everactive Schools at the time. And that event was held here in Edmonton. I missed 2011. And then by 2012, I was in my first month at Everactive Schools and I've been to every event since. My name is Katie Mann. I'm the Assistant Director Equity and Inclusion with Everactive Schools. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm so pleased to be here. I've been with Everactive Schools for just under five years. And my role with the organization has certainly evolved in relationship to the conference. When I was brand new and wide-eyed, I was really excited to support the org to think a little bit more about how we could create safe and welcoming and inclusive spaces within Shaping the Future. That was already being done, but how could we evolve that work and really advance that work and my role in that way has really grown as I've stepped into an assistant director's role and have uh, more opportunities to support our team uh, to really create an environment that feels good for all of our, all of our friends attending the conference. Shaping the Future is, is the one place, and I'm, and I'm sure there's others, but, but for us in, in, our, in our shared space of health promotion and education, it, it, it's the place where essentially wellness is the first priority. Uh, and wellness is the topic within all our, our knowledge, but also it's a place where we put uh, a person's wellness first and foremost, too. So as much as we're taking in and we're filling our cups with knowledge about health and well-being and how to do that within our school communities, uh, we're also intentionally uh, giving that to our to our delegates. So they're they're in a much better space to learn and they're in a much better space to connect with each other. 
I'm Rebecca Marjoram, and I'm a media specialist with EverActive Schools, and I've been with EAS for five years now. I used to attend Shaping the Future as a presenter whenever I was a grad student, so I think this is my seventh Shaping the Future, seventh or eighth. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you have you have like the insider perspective and the perspective of a participant. That's That's fantastic. Um, so given, given both of those perspectives, then if you could describe shaping the future in one word, what would that word be? I think the word is immersive. And what I mean by that is when you show up to shaping the future, uh, you are showing up to almost like a different way of living for a few days while you're there. Um, aside from being in you know, a remote mountain location, which is beautiful. Um, you know, you're also surrounded by different and new people and everyone who has similar interests to you in the space of health, wellness, and education. And over the course of the few days while you're there, you're participating in all this, all these exciting new learning opportunities, uh, but also different activities and wellness breaks and you know, a different physical environment. So you really get immersed into well-being over the course of the two to two and a half days while you're there. My name is Louise McClelland. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a health and wellness consultant with Everactive School. This year, I have the unique opportunity uh, to be the chair of the Shaping the Future Conference. I've been with Everactive Schools for nearly five years, and this is also my fifth Shaping the Future I will be in attendance for. I think something that we do so well is we really do walk the talk. So that's what I'm hoping participants and attendees of Shaping the Future this year and every year have the opportunity to see in real life. So I think we talk about, you know, these frameworks and these bigger pieces of the comprehensive school health puzzle. And I think sometimes it can be daunting to think through, you know, policy is a great example. We, we talk about policy and people immediately think of, what I like to refer to as big P policy. So the in writing, signed off on, et cetera. But as you mentioned, you know, things like the considerations around the meals that we have, uh, the wellness breaks in the schedule can really show some tangible um, examples of what comprehensive school health means or looks like or lives and, and breathes as. So I really do think we, we do a great job of showing how attainable uh, attending to that whole school framework can be. Comprehensive school health or the comprehensive school health framework are terms you're going to hear over and over in this story. It is not only central to shaping the future as an event, but to ever active schools as an organization. So what exactly is comprehensive school health? Our friend Dr. Kate Story at the University of Alberta and her colleagues wrote about the essential conditions for comprehensive school health in 2016. They define CSH or comprehensive school health as a way to link health and education within the school setting. It is an internationally recognized framework for building a healthy school community by supporting improvements in students' educational outcomes while addressing and prioritizing health in a planned, integrated, and holistic way. Here's Caitlin Thiel again, talking a bit more about comprehensive school health and its place in shaping the future. A lot of it's about increasing the capacity of educators in uh, supporting school health, so healthy learners, 
healthy students, uh, all through, you know, the lens and the approach of using the comprehensive school health framework. And I think those that's both the outcome and the method through which we host the event. I think the, the core piece around building capacity or, or ensuring that people have the self-efficacy to lead wellness back within their school communities, I, I, think that, I think that hasn't changed. I think one thing that we really, really focus on is we often have a conversation as a team to say, what is the feel and flow of the conference? And I hope by having those conversations, it does provide the right energy for, for us to learn. So we really want to be very upfront that not everybody learns the same way. But if we are in a healthy, natural, supportive, caring environment, that learning is going to be much easier. Um, so we are very against sitting in a ballroom for 15 hours a day. And we do want to change up those learning experiences so people can be outside, so people can be connecting and uh, physically in a good space in terms of a headspace. Uh, and also we want to make sure that people are supported. So I think if you go past somebody in the hallway and say hello to somebody or smile at somebody, then people are going to be in a better place. And we hope that we create that environment within Shape in the Future. I am Tessa Peter. I am a health and wellness consultant with Everactive Schools. And after a quick calculation, I just determined that this year will be my eighth year at Shaping the Future. I started with Everactive Schools in 2014 as a practicum student and have been with the team in some capacity or another ever since. So yeah, eight years and excited to be back in Kananaskis and back in person. That's very exciting. So you really are a true blue veteran of shaping the future. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the ways that shaping the future has been designed with well-being in mind and, and to support uh, participants in tending to their physical or, you know, personal well-being? Absolutely. Um, I think this is a piece that we get better and better at every year and that uh, we look at many different aspects of wellness. So there's obviously that social piece coming together um, as colleagues and as peers and um, having chances to connect. So uh, that, you know, happens um, sort of inherently to the conference, but there's also opportunities for that to happen a little bit more intentionally. In some years, we've had um, networking tables at, at certain meals where people could choose to sit down and have a conversation and meet somebody new. Um, we always have socials as part of the conference um, as an opportunity to to connect and celebrate work. Uh, physical wellness is definitely a big part of the conference. So we offer wellness opportunities in the mornings in the conference, and that has traditionally been an AMA Youth Run Club walk or run, and that's outside, as well as a yoga class. So now we also offer... Um, like a mindfulness or meditation, as well as a smudge. I'm Mason Olvested, and I use him, he pronouns, uh, located in Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm working as a media specialist with Everactive Schools. I've been with Everactive for uh, 0.2 years now, a very new addition to the team. Awesome, Mason. And we've enjoyed every minute of those 0.2 years. Um, <laughs> if <laughs> So you're new to the Shaping the Future, and this will be your first conference. But you you are well versed in Shaping the Future. You've been working very diligently behind the scenes, helping with promotions and helping to organize the conference. If you could describe Shaping the Future in one word, what would that one word be? 
I think the best word to describe shaping the future would be toolkit, because you're going to leave this conference with so many new tools and resources uh, that you can bring back to your classrooms and to your community. So you're just adding more to your toolkit. And speaking about tools and resources, here's Caitlin Thiel again, Assistant Director, Comprehensive School Health, listing a few of the things you can come away with from this year's conference. You'll get to attend sessions on embedding truth and reconciliation, on healthy eating, on adding physical activity to your school, on creating activity permissive learning spaces, mental well-being. The list goes on and on. And you'll also get the opportunity to, you know, be in an environment where you get to take care of your own well-being. So there's wellness breaks and, you know, we really work hard to create healthy menus and we're in the gorgeous mountains. So, I mean, that's a bonus right there. And networking. So you get to network with others that are also along this journey of creating healthy school communities and share challenges, share successes, and hopefully create some friendships. The chance at finding and nurturing friendships. You know, one of the things we've realized in the conversations we've had is that folks often reflect about shaping the future as the opportunity to build community and connections. And it's just as much about the people as it is about the professional learning. My name is Sarah Bala. Like me, Sarah's a wellness consultant. I'm a wellness consultant with Elk Island Catholic Schools. But she's also... A phys ed teacher, a coach, a mom. All of those parts of me are happy to be here. Sarah tells this incredible story of finding friendship at Shaping the Future and how that friendship has come to influence and inspire her work. The next few voices you'll hear, Sarah's included, are some of the friends that we, as Everactive Schools, have made over the years through Shaping the Future. I'm doing two different presentations this year, one in partnership with my friend Jill from Evergreen Catholic Schools. It's a great story because we met at Shaping the Future. We began talking, discovered that we had some similarities and, and a path that was similar. Um, and since that early shaping the future of us just meeting and having a conversation, we now partner on all sorts of things. We meet regularly, we share ideas, we design professional development experiences for teachers. Um, and so Jill and I are co-presenting on partnerships. What can it look like from our lived experience to collaborate successfully with somebody in a different school division. So we're gonna be sharing the journey of that evolution and some of the projects we've been able to partner on. And then I'll also be presenting with Elizabeth from the Body Image Lab at the University of Calgary. We've been doing some professional development with a working group of teachers around weight neutral well-being, and shifting some of our understanding and practice around supporting students and, and growing as people, shifting the narrative a bit around nutrition and the body, and one that just is more reflective of the latest research. My name is Jackie Curry, and I'm an itinerant health and wellness teacher with Beaufort Delta Divisional Education Council, uh, which is located in the Northwest Territories in Inuvik. Um, and I'm a former health promotion facilitator with Alberta Health Services on the School Health and Wellness Promotion Team.
The first time that I went to Shaping the Future, I got to go as a participant, was which was so exciting. Um, and then I went a few other times where I got to go as a presenter. So I one time went to highlight the successes that Grand Yellowhead Public School Division, which is located in northern Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. Their office is in Etten. So I got to go with them um, to highlight their success at implementing a school health and wellness plan, utilizing the comprehensive school health framework. And then I went back another couple times and got to host some uh, pre-conference events where we worked with divisional leaders uh, just to have conversations around some of the successes and the barriers to really implementing school wellness into the school division. I've attended lots of informational sessions where we talk and we talk and we talk or we lecture about how to do things well, but the Shaping the Future conference was the how. It was the modeling of how you integrate all those different aspects of well-being to, to the wellness breaks that allow you a chance to move, to the snacks that are intentionally set out there to fuel your body. The experience as a whole was just this living, breathing support for well-being. And I had never been to such a carefully, thoughtfully, intentionally um, created event. Uh, I have found the audiences at Shaping the Future are phenomenal and really bring energy to a session. So as a presenter, it was really enjoyable to be there. Um, and they helped feed my own excitement uh, because they really were engaged in the topic. So I loved having the opportunity to present at the conference. I think the offerings um, Shaping the Future presents to people give a wide variety of choices that integrate like learning outdoors, that integrate principles of Indigenous philosophy, um, support of physical literacy, nutrition, mental health. It really does feel like um, a wraparound of supports where everyone in their own role can find something that they're interested in or a thread to follow as far as digging deeper into something they would like to learn more about. I would say my favorite um, memory, I have many, many, many of them, so I had to really think about this, but my favorite one was a student presentation and the students were there highlighting successes that they had had organizing school-wide wellness projects um, and telling us about how they had successfully changed their own school environment. I remember being in the session and just feeling so hopeful and in awe. I think one of the things that I really remember from uh, that session that made me giggle was we came into the session and we all did what typically you'll do in a session and we sat further back and these confident students got up to present and said, you know, we're going to do what you teachers do to us. And we're going to ask you to move to the front of the room and get closer to us. And they really drew us into the session by saying, and I just giggled because as a former teacher myself, they really called us out. They called us out and said, you are here as a participant and we expect you to engage. Uh, and I knew in that moment that they really had taken ownership of this because they were, they were guiding the room and they were leading the room. Um, and then throughout it, they brought, uh, they brought 
technology into their presentation. So it was really the start of using interactive surveys within a presentation. So they actually presented to us where we had to bring out our phones and we had to sign on to a different website and we had to answer questions on our phone. And that was one of the first times I'd ever seen somebody in a presentation use a, a an interactive format like that. Um, and I remember in the moment that these lovely students teased us about the electronics and how they would help us. And if they needed us to come to the table, they could help show us how to do it on our phones. Um, and it was so funny because a lot of us actually needed them to come and show us, but they taught us. So not only were they teaching us about their projects and they had done different projects. Some of them were random act of kindness activities that they had done for the staff. Um, and so they, they showed us a whole bunch of different activities they had done, but the actual presentation itself was a new form of presentation. They really used an interactive format that was new uh, and was teaching the students or teaching the teachers in the in the room uh, a new way to present in their own classrooms. It was a really um, inspiring moment and I'm happy to see like since then Shaping the Future has put in more more space and time for students to be involved in the conference which I think is really um, great for us to learn from them. My name is Taylor Perez. I'm a grade 12 student here at Lacombe Composite High School, and I have been a part of the Lacombe Composite High School's EcoVision Club for about three years now, and I am extremely passionate about beekeeping and the microbusiness. My name is Xylan Pelche, and I have been a part of Le Composite High School's EcoVision Environmental Club for around six months. I am passionate about helping the environment in the community. Hi, my name is James. I have been part of Lacombe Composite High School's EcoVision Environmental Club for about a year. I am passionate about the environment. This piece of relationship finding and nurturing, as alluded to by Sarah Bala a while back, is indeed vital. However, it extends beyond just adult connections. We had something of a relationship finding ourselves when we sat down to talk to Taylor Perez, Xylan Pelche, and James Finley from Lacombe Composite High School. Shaping the Future 2022 will be their first time at the conference, and they seem pretty stoked to be championing health and school wellness. Here's Stephen Schultz, a teacher at Lacombe, an advisor for the environmental club that Taylor, Zylan, and James are members of. My name is uh, Stephen Schultz. I'm a teacher at Lacombe Composite High School, and I'm an advisor for an environmental club called EcoVision, who has been doing student-led projects for the last 17 years. We are very fortunate that the EverActive Conference has re-invited us back to be workshop presenters this time. And our workshop is Shaping the Future Through Student-Led Environmental Projects. We will be talking about how EcoVision projects are helping shape the future of our school and other schools in the province. We will be presenting about how the students' environmental projects become a reality within our club. And we will describe the impact that EcoVision projects have had on student learning both in our school, the community, and the province. Participants will be provided with samples of our products and will walk away with practical ways they can start student lead projects at their own schools. It's about students and student leaders and how their stories have provided opportunities for them and our school to not only take care of the environment, but provide enhanced educational opportunities and also collaborate with their community. Wellness is important for me because wellness allows me to manage my emotions, 
gives me opportunities to overcome hardship by being involved in EcoVision activities I enjoy, fills my bucket so my life is more enjoyable, and provides me with the tools to do well in school. Well, one of the things that we do to promote wellness is provide opportunities for others to garden. Encouraging us to follow our passions, activities that fill our wellness bucket. Offering us wellness courses like health and wellness, agricultural 10, 20, 30, and greenhouse technician. Allowing us to take care of animals, fish, bees, and goats. Uh, provide us with leadership opportunities, which teach us how to solve problems and bring a confidence. In 2019, there was a conference in Lake Louise, and we were asked to be uh, keynote speakers. And the emotional response we got from the audience provided us with a sense of fulfillment, but also confidence. Two of my students had never been to the mountains. We took a walk around Lake Louise, and one of my students was just absolutely blown away at nature. So experiencing the nature in its wonder, but being in that environment, and then going and listening to workshops that were promoting students and individuals connecting with nature. So one of them got inspired to become a teacher and had to go back to high school to get the, the courses. But he just said, this is what I was born to do. I was born to provide hope for students by allowing them to connect with nature and with gardening and with animals. Because he said, you know, most of my schooling, I hadn't had that opportunity to do that. The other one is becoming a, a psychologist. And the reason this Ever Active Conference was the launching pad for that, she said to me, you know, if, if these group of people can provide this much hope, then I need to be part of this. And so that inspired her to going to psychology. She's in her third year and has a, is in an honors program at the U of A. So I'm extremely looking forward to uh, being able to travel out to the mountains and to kind of learn more about uh, what other people are doing uh, around Canada uh, in regards to the environment. And I'm really excited to be like presenting on our own school and like showing other people what amazing things that we have so that like, you know, other people will be able to experience that too, maybe in their own uh, schools or maybe in their own homes. I think it's very important to, for people to learn all about like what other people are doing so that they can um, increase their own knowledge and their own experiences. And then when they use those experiences, they can like create a more sustainable environment around their homes and stuff like that. For example, we have a really innovative geodesic greenhouse. If they take those ideas and incorporate them into their own homes and lifestyles, then they'll be able to um, help the environment and uh, help their communities. I'm looking forward to learning about Indigenous culture. I am Indigenous myself, so learning more about my history will be beneficial to me. I am looking forward to learning about active travel school connections. Shaping the Future provides the delegates and the people they reach out to with hope and with an avenue of creating passion. Our intention from the get-go with Shaping the Future 2022 was really to create a safe environment and a welcoming environment for our friends and colleagues to get back together to celebrate well-being and, and the really challenging two years we've had. So 
After two challenging years for everyone involved, and especially in the health and education sectors, what we really wanted to do was make Shaping the Future a place to celebrate and connect. But as we are all very aware of, as 2021 came to a close, the COVID-19 pandemic took another turn and began to ramp up. Uh, and we really had to just stop and, and consider and, and reconsider the goals that we had for the event and how important those goals were in, in our vision of planning. So as 2021 ended and we kind of turned the corner into 2022, we really had to stop and make that difficult decision, but we knew at the beginning of 2022 that in order to keep our delegates, our volunteers and our staff well and safe, um, which was our utmost priority for Shaping the Future 2022, we really did have to make that decision to cancel the January event, essentially. Prior to 2021, when the conference went virtual for the very first time, Shaping the Future had historically been a winter conference held in Lake Louise. When Louise, my colleague, and chair of this year's conference talks about the decision to cancel the January event this year, she speaks about the importance of still coming together and gathering at a time when it was most safe to do so. But with all of that in mind, we did feel really strongly that it was important to find space, an opportunity to connect with and celebrate with all of our friends and colleagues, and all that we had overcome and navigated through in these past two tricky years. So with that in mind, we immediately went to work trying to secure spring 2022 date, uh, which meant a new location. And we really just had to cross all of our fingers and toes and hope that we would be in a better space in April pandemic wise and, and would feel good and, and well um, about bringing our colleagues, our friends, our staff, our volunteers back into the mountains to celebrate and connect together. It's been a very hard couple years for I think many professions and many individuals and families and uh, children and youth and I think teachers have really you know seen a lot of that and been at the forefront and have been carrying a lot of that weight for the last two years. I think the value of teachers uh, and, and the educational assistants and people working in schools has changed um, and I think people understand the extraordinary elements that they took on uh, during during the last uh, two years. So there's been a lot of work around what what compassion fatigue is. Uh, and I think teachers give that so much and, and, and teachers and, and school support staff give that so much to their students and so much to the families and the guardians and the caregivers that they interact with every single day. And I think that's a change in value. But now we've got to make sure that we are also supporting those people um, as, as much as possible. So I'd say let's start with well-being. Uh, let's start with well-being being foundational in terms of our recovery, in terms of social recovery, human recovery, and especially learning recovery. Here we are. We're excited and, and ready to spend those three days together in beautiful Treaty 7 territory. And I'm really just looking forward to this opportunity to connect. And I think I am still crossing all of my fingers and toes, hoping that we are going to be in a good space in a few weeks when we head there. But yeah, feeling really great about the decisions we were able to make with health and safety in mind and still balancing the real need and desire to connect with our friends in this space. Big thing that comes to mind for this event is that it is a hybrid one. We have never done this before, where we have virtual content available for those who aren't in the same physical space and can ask us for shaping the future. But then we also have a full in-person conference. 
So the virtual content is available in the form of pre-recorded sessions that delegates can watch. We also are live streaming uh, keynotes and I believe the conference opening as well. So there are ways to engage whenever you're coming from home too, or if you're not able to be in Kananaskis with us. And I think that's just a really wonderful way for us to offer all the really great things about shaping the future to just a broader audience and for more people to participate and learn and be a part of the fun. Like coupled with that too, the app that we use has uh, just a really active social messaging board. So you can still feel like you're part of the conference itself and get to know the people that are there and engage with others, even if you can't physically be present. I think what's most important in this work is that all participants, delegates, youth participants, presenters, all of the folks attending our conference feel safe and really welcomed and included. Um, that we're really honoring the folks we're hosting and also the students we serve, not only the students that are attending the conference um, in person, but all of the students we serve through our work across Alberta and also now a little bit more nationally, that the conference feels genuine and supportive to all of the dynamic communities we support. Our hope is that the conference is a space where, you know, it's a little bit of a retreat it has been a tough year and maybe their priorities right now aren't all of the same things that they would have been in previous years coming to the conference uh, in terms of collecting all of the resources and all of the tools and filling their backpack with all of the things to head back and create healthy school communities. But maybe it's about taking care of themselves this year uh, and just maybe they might collect a few things to put in that toolbox, both to take care of themselves and that they might want to take back to their school community. I think it's also about connecting. A lot of us have been behind screens for the last few years teaching, and we hope that this year specifically, we can see some smiling faces, that we can hug each other, and yeah, take care of our own well-being in a mountain setting. And then hopefully, if, if people are ready to fill out their bucket with some tools to take back, but it's okay if that doesn't happen this year. I'm most excited for the human connection. We've missed that piece in such a big way. I'm excited to see faces I haven't seen in a long time. I'm excited to have some conversations with new people. I've got, I'm just coming into this year with an openness to the humans that are there and um, reconnecting with, with people from before and, and maybe meeting some great new people this time around. I think for most people coming, I think there's going to be a level of excitement. I think every year it's exciting, but this for a lot of people, myself included, will be the first live conference that I've attended in two full years. And so just the ability to be in person and to hear those conversations, what people have been doing. Um, I also think that this is a year where a lot of us are rebuilding um, and we're having to think of, okay, how do we do things different just in case, just in case things do shut down again? Um, what are the learnings we can take away and how can we be successful both uh, in, in person, in a classroom, in a school setting, um, but then also how can we support students when they're not in our um, in-person setting? So I think, I think there's a level of excitement coming into this conference, knowing um, that all of us, for a lot of us, this will be the first time we've been in person. And I think for the presenters, uh, 
Zoom has been an interesting way to present and to get new learning. And I think it's been really fantastic, but you struggle to have that engagement with your audience uh, through in a live or sorry, a, uh, on a Zoom type platform when you're on the internet. And so I just think the opportunity to be in person and to actually feed off of your participants is really exciting for the presenters too. Yeah, one wonderful element of being in this community for 11 years is I know a lot of the people that are presenting and I think they're all all fantastic. So I will, uh, I will try to steer away from name dropping too much because they're going to leave somebody out and that's not right. Um, but we want to make sure a clear message uh, of this conference is hope, resiliency and recovery. So to name drop one keynote is going to be Dr. Phil McRae. And he's done a lot of work around visioning where we want to be. Um, and I think in terms of where we're at, in terms of our system leaders and our teachers and our principals and our school communities in general, is that we are moving through recovery. But we want to do that with hope and we want to do that with resiliency. So wellness, play, uh, nature, uh, supporting physical and mental health is kind of going to be our, our pathway to recovery. And Dr. Phil does an amazing job of, of hitting that message. And I'm looking forward to him leading off the conference with that, which also ties into how the feel and the flow of the conference will be. Dr. Phil will really hit a message of hope, resilience, and recovery, and fill up our buckets of optimism as we lead towards two days of wellness. And that's our show today. We hope you enjoyed it. And even if you're unable to attend this year's event, we invite you to reflect on what it means to shape the future of well-being in your context. Perhaps you've got some ideas about how to not only talk about well-being, but how you might be able to practice it, live it in your classroom or school. We know that the comprehensive school health approach can feel daunting, especially if you're just one health champion and you're at the start of this journey with your school or community. Hopefully, after hearing from our guests and hearing about the conference and how it's grown over the years, you can see that comprehensive school health is a living, breathing process that has a multiple entry points, can be built upon, and that you're not alone in that journey. It's all about just taking that first step and seeing what comes from it. And of course, Everactive Schools is here for you to support you in that. This year's Shaping the Future takes place at the Pomeroy Kananaskis Mountain Lodge from April 21st to 23rd. You can find tickets and other relevant information at everactive.org STF. If it's too late for you to schedule a last minute trip to the mountains, I'll let you know that you can also register for our virtual Shaping the Future content and have access to high quality professional learning and fun, of course, from the comfort of your own home. See you in Kananaskis.